I want to welcome you to 12 Minutes of Learning. And tonight, we are dealing with five traits of a healthy youth ministry, okay? So it's kind of a, 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 a an evening, uh, a podcast, a listen or a watch, for you to determine or to evaluate or do some analytics on your youth ministry. So it's set up tonight uh, in, for you to evaluate what you do in youth ministry, okay? So that's the idea tonight. And uh, hey, text somebody right now when you do that. Tell them to go to one of these formats and join us. And uh, I, I think this would be really good. And then, of course, you know that we blog this and put it up on youthology.com, and you'll be able to get the manuscript uh, to this also. So five, um, five traits of a healthy youth ministry. Here, here's here's uh, number one. In evaluating your youth ministry, the, number one is a healthy youth leader, okay? Critical to a healthy youth ministry is a healthy youth leader. I, I know you understand it's simple, right? What a great way to start because the health of any organization depends upon its management, its ex execution, its vision and mission, its leadership, and that all comes directly from the leader. So I want to ask you two questions as the youth leader over your, your ministry. You might be a paid uh, full-time staff. You could be part-time volunteer like most of the churches in America. You've heard us talk about that before. 80%, between 75 and 80% of youth ministry in America is run by a non-full-time you know, uh, paid youth pastor. So it's volunteer leadership. And so I want to ask you two questions. First of all, it's your spiritual disciplines, okay? And this is critical to your health because you set the ceiling and the bar for the youth ministry. So where are your spiritual disciplines? As you evaluate yourself as the leader, ask, ask yourself a few questions. What about my uh, Bible reading, my fasting, and my prayer? What about my disciplines in my... Um, in my personal relationships, okay? Whether, whether that's a spouse or your children, or if you're single, your social relationships. Uh, how are those relationships? The, the other part of this uh, personal discipline in the spiritual leader is how you handle your sexuality in this world. And so I want you to look at those two things as, it, as, it, as they shape the, your, uh, your personal health as a leader. Okay, so the number two. So number one uh, tr key trait of a healthy youth ministry is a healthy youth leader because healthy youth leaders produce healthy youth ministry. Number two is uh, recruiting and retaining adult leaders. Now, when we talk about recruiting, I, want you, I don't want you to do that uh, separate. I want you to talk about recruiting and retention because... We, want, we do not want to just recruit people to come onto the youth leadership team, right? We want to retain them. And that, that implies the health of the youth leadership team. So as you're recruiting, right, the emphasis that you place on recruiting, and I'll, get to, I'll, I'll give you some practical tips there. I want you to also couple that with the, the focus that you should have on retention, Okay, retention is as critical as recruiting because that keeps the team together. You know, 
how critical it is to have delegation. It, it takes all kinds of leaders to reach all kinds of students. Did you hear that? It takes all kinds of leaders to reach all kinds of students. In other words, what we mean by that is that if you are, let's say the youth leader and you are an artisan or you are gifted with music and art and theater, right? You're gonna have a tendency to draw that kind of person, that kind of student. So getting a diversity of um, core competencies in your leaders around you is critical so that you're not all dramatic and you're not all, um, you know, it, it, the, the worship part of it, the artisan part of it, okay? The creatives. Because how are we gonna reach the athletic students and how are we gonna reach the brainiacs and how are we gonna reach the alternatives? So having a broad recruitment of your leaders is critical. We don't just want everybody that looks like me, sounds like me, right? Because it takes all kinds of leaders to reach all kinds of people. Now, the third one is similar to what we just said. The third key uh, trait, characteristic trait of a healthy youth ministry is recruiting and retaining student leaders, okay? So uh, that, that second one was adult leaders, recruiting and tra training adult leaders. The first healthy trait was um, a healthy youth leader. So I want you to think through student leadership. Man, not many people are doing it. Not many people take the time to develop student leaders. I don't know if it's because Oftentimes they might think, man, you know, the, the students are inconsistent or they don't have the time or you know, uh, I don't have the time, you know, to work with them. The, the, the difficulty is this. If you're having a hard time recruiting adult leaders, then it must be certainly sim simpler to recruit student leaders because we have a pool of students who are coming on a regular basis. So what I would suggest First of all, in both of these areas on recruiting, adult leaders and student leaders, number one, pray. And I know this sounds so trite, but number one, you must pray about this. I have added leaders to my youth leadership team over the years, but by them coming to me saying, hey, you know, we've been praying, we've been watching the youth ministry, and it's so healthy, right? Uh, are you, do you need leaders? And I know that it was a direct result of God putting it on the heart of people because I had been praying for them. So you want to pray them onto the team and let the Holy Spirit do that work. Second, look at your look at that whole recruiting idea with adults and students. Look at that through the eyes of a healthy youth leadership team. Because I really believe that a healthy youth leadership team attracts other healthy youth leaders, student and adult. Because people say, what's going on there, right? And people are, are, are moved by that. So uh, drawn to that to healthy leaders because healthy leaders produce uh, this recruiting tool avenue to other healthy leaders, okay? So no, number one healthy trait of a youth ministry is a healthy youth leader. Number two and three are recruiting and retaining uh, adult and student leaders. L uh, let me give you one more thing on that retention, okay? The retention of adult and student leaders begins with recruiting the right people, okay? And not being desperate, okay? But it must, it must involve the process of leadership development and training. And I don't believe that you can do adequate, okay, hear me, adequate 
substantial, let's, let's move past adequate, to substantial leadership development and training if you're not meeting on a regular basis. Now, I know most groups don't even meet, some, some don't even meet monthly, and it's quarterly when you have your leadership training. I, I, I get that, but hear me, you must develop at least, at least a monthly leadership development, leadership training with your, um, with your uh, leaders, adults and students. And I'm, I'm going to blog this week and I'll put in, I'll put in like a, a, a queue or an order of the, se of the, of the uh, leadership training sessions and give you some ideas on how to do that. I don't want to take the time to do that live, okay? So you have to, you'll check it out, youthology.com, uh, you, you, you can see that, all right? Um, okay, hey, uh, number four, uh, healthy characteristic trait of a, uh, a characteristic trait of a healthy youth leadership, uh, youth ministry, is campus access, okay? Ministry in context. You know, if missionaries came to youth ministry today, they would look at the way that we approach youth ministry and be confused. I, I've spoken to missionaries about this. They would be confused because they would ask them, they would ask themselves uh, and us, okay, this is a rhetorical question, why are youth leaders not on campus? Why are youth leaders not at the coffee house with students not on their, not on their own, okay, doing their social media? Why are youth leaders not at games or theater events or band competitions, a, a, a track meet on a Saturday? Why are students not having, uh, why are leaders not having students, uh, meeting students in their context? Because that's what missions, missionaries do. It, 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 it's, it's called missiology, the study of context or, or cross-cultural work. So, so hear me. I don't believe that you can have a completely healthy youth ministry and not be on campus. Now, I get it. I get it. The defense is, well, you know, my, I don't have the time. The, the, the defense is that campus is closed. The campuses in my area are closed because somebody, you know, ruined it for us and closed the door. I, I get all that. But I'm not talking about going on campus and teaching in the classroom necessarily, although that is a great alternative. I'm not talking about going to the cafeteria and bringing pizza in and just sitting with your students, okay? No, it's a great alternative if you're able to do that. Uh, to be honest, I'm not even simply talking about buying a sports season pass and going to games and sitting in the stands or like I used to, sit in the student section, paint my face, right, and get all crazy and meet students, okay? Th those are all ideas and may they, they may, may not work in your setting. But let me tell you this, the number one way that you access the high school campus is through your campus missionaries. That's your students. So I truly believe that you can increase campus presence by, by simply making it a priority, making it a focus of your youth ministry, your language, your messaging, your series, your topics. Uh, saying to the students every Wednesday, my students heard me say this on a regular basis. Hey, Friday night, we'll be at this game. Or, hey, don't forget to attend your FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, or the Bible Club at your school. Don't forget to be there. I'm going to come by and I'm going to visit it. Don't forget, see you at the poll. Uh, you know, I'll be at the track meet on Saturday. I'd love to see you all there. Just by, by that kind of promotion of, the, of school ministry, your students begin to catch a fire for it. Your students begin to see how important it is to you and the culture of the youth ministry begins to be campus access, uh, context, okay? 
All right, the fifth thing in our characteristics of a healthy youth group, okay, um, the fifth thing is neutral site events. Neutral site events. You've heard me talk about this before. We did a, a, a session this week in Wisconsin with youth leaders where we spent some time on this because the leaders were like, okay, hey, tell me about that. Where do we, how do we do this? What I mean by neutral site is that we're not always inviting teenagers to come to the church, but we are bringing the church to them. We're not all, listen, sometimes it's easier to bring Jesus to people than people to Jesus. And so I want you to consider a few events, such as instead of having all of your small groups at the church, have your small groups in homes, at the, at the mall, at a donut shop, at the, at the airport. Get creative with where you hold small at the school. The, uh, because we have to bring our students to their, their, the neutral site where they can serve, where they, where they know that they can serve God outside the church. Because otherwise, I, I feel like we're, we, have, we have created codependent students. Understand that? Students who think, man, I only serve God if I'm at church, or I only serve God and read the Bible and worship if I'm at the youth group. So we've got to change that. That's got, that's got, to, that's got to change, okay? And so doing neutral site events. The next outreach that you have, don't have the outreach at, uh, at the gym of the, of the church, right? Don't do the next outreach in the backyard of the church or whatever. Get into neutral site settings in the community, all right? So those... Okay, hey, I give you five, right? You know what? I'm going to give you a freebie. We're at 14 minutes, but let me, can I give you one more? I have actually eight that I'm going to blog, so let me give you one more live because we always want to do more, okay? This last characteristic trait of a healthy youth ministry is setting a prayer culture, okay? Listen, I know students love to play. I love to play. We played on a regular basis in our youth ministry, but we separated play and pray. Okay, let me, let me get to that. I, I believe that if you try to attempt both, both play and pray at the same time in, a, in the 90 minutes that you might have on a Wednesday night, I believe that one of them is going to suffer because you really can't do them well. So what I'm saying is you need to decide that, that this Wednesday night or Friday night or Sunday ministry set, that service time when you guys meet, what is that going to look like? And what we did is we made that prayer. We made that spiritual, and our kids knew that this they could bring their friends because that's what we were going to do. This was the culture of Wednesday evenings when, when we met, okay? But we also had a once-a-month event, okay, where our students knew that we were about to play, not just pray. And we, and we, we dealt with both sides of the youth ministry, okay, because we want to do everything we can to be into their life and into their world. And that's what some of these principles talk about. So that whole argument of play and pray and uh, creating a prayer culture. Listen, I don't want my students to come out of the youth ministry and say something like this. You know, I, 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 never, learned, uh, I never learned how to pray there. I mean, I had a blast. But I, I never learned the Ten Commandments. I never learned what the Sermon on the Mount was, the difference between the Old and New Testament, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. I never understood theology or the spiritual part of it through preaching and teaching, right? But I had a blast. No, I wanted my students to say, you know, they taught me how to pray. They taught me how to read the Bible. They taught me how to 
share my faith with my friends. So in, in order to create a prayer culture, it's going to require some commitment uh, out of you. Because listen, this is the church. This, we're not an entertainment organization, okay? This is not an entertainment organization. We're not big brothers or big sisters, as great as that organization is. We're not the Salvation Army. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And the youth ministry in the church needs to represent, needs to be um, understood as a house of prayer, just like Jesus called it in the book of Matthew. Okay, so, uh, hey, we, thank you for listening in. You know where to join us. It's down there on the screen there. And you can follow up with us in all kinds of formats. Hey, next week, Q&A. Will you send in your, your questions? Next week, straight Q&A. Uh, listen, I'm not doing any work on it, no study on it. So when you call in, you know, maybe you can send some questions ahead of time. We've done that in the past, but we haven't done a Q&A at the start of the, uh, 2019. So again, thank you for listening to uh, episode number 33 of uh, 12 Minutes of Learning from Youthology Live on Sunday nights. God bless you. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week for a live Q&A.